This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast, brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Fridays, you like to uh, create a more open forum, and maybe this is my way of just doing less work here, but that's fine. Uh, either way, I love to talk to friends, and I have friends, uh, and we have their names and numbers, and we know where to find their laptops, uh, and it's the round table, so let's round table. Camelot. Camelot. It's only a model. Brett Friedlander, Saturday Road ACC columnist at B. Freed ACC and Connor O'Neill at Connor O'Neill underscore DI for Deacons Illustrated or Devils Illustrated, depending on which one you like that day. Thank you very much, gentlemen, for uh, for playing the feud. Uh, I appreciate it. Uh, I want to take just a little bit of a break from the Tez Walker thing. We're going to talk about it. Uh, but I want to start off with a little limbering up, if you will. So, assuming that Florida State is one, Connor, who are the next five in the ACC? No order, right? No, no, give me no, in in order. Oh, no, this is not easy. (laughs) I'm not making this easy on you. I need them in order. I assume that it's going to be some combination of Clemson, North Carolina, Miami, Duke, and Louisville. Um, Unless you really want to go Syracuse. Um, if you go Syracuse, let me know. You don't. Okay, good. So th- I've given you the five. Rank those five. I would go Carolina, Miami, Duke, Clemson, Louisville. And that is maybe a little biased against Louisville, but they haven't played anybody. Uh, we'll see them play a real team this weekend, and we'll see how that goes when the Irish come to town with the 30-game regular season winning streak against the ACC. By the way, that was Connor O'Neill, Deacons Illustrated, right there. Uh, let me ask Brett, Brett Friedlander, rank those five teams behind Florida State. I hate to, uh, you know, piggyback on Connor, but I would pick the same order except <clears throat> if Riley Leonard is unable to play. If Riley is hurt or diminished in any way, shape, or form, uh, I would probably put Duke at number five. But otherwise, I would go Carolina, Miami, Duke, Clemson, and Louisville uh, with the caveat that Louisville might be better than we're giving them credit for, but we shall see Saturday night. Uh, yes, I would agree with that. If Riley Leonard is healthy, I would probably just put them in front of North Carolina on your list. Uh, I am bullish on the Blue Devils, and I think they blew the game. They should have they beaten Notre Dame. And then, and my reasoning was, like, they blew an opportunity, this is the weirdest thing ever, to be talked about in playoff conversations. Based on wins, it would have been, obviously they didn't win the game, but based on who they beat and a healthy Riley Leonard, because if they win that game, Riley Leonard does not get compromised. Uh, a win over State, by the way, which could be could look like a, a La Liga score. I mean, that could, that could be 3-2 now. Um, and then going to Tallahassee as a top ten matchup. Oh man, <laughs> how how awesome would that have? That ESPN wouldn't have known uh, what to do with that. Um, what are your let's, let's bring in Tez now since we both uh, we all agree that UNC is great, uh, or at least as UNC might be the second best team in this uh, in this group. I don't know about great, uh, but they are undefeated. So Brett, thoughts on how the whole Tez Walker thing? 
played out? Well, how it played out or how it's going to play out now that he's back. Uh, I think the way it played out is that Josh Stein and a bunch of high-powered lawyers threatened the uh, NCAA with an antitrust uh, investigation or lawsuit. And Mm -hmm. considering that the NCAA has not won a lawsuit, uh, has not won a court suit uh, since the O'Bannon case, uh, what, over a decade ago, uh, I think that they basically said, "Okay, we've uh, we've done enough damage here. Let's <laughs> let's get out of this without having to pay another couple of million dollars." Uh, so I think that's how that that shook down. And if I'm Florida State, uh, I'm getting the same new information together to uh, to get uh, the Jackson kid eligible as well, uh, because uh, I, I think that the NCAA has shown that it's got no uh, no stomach to fight any of these anymore. Uh, moving forward, I think that this makes UNC such a, 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 a much more of a viable ACC championship contender. And if they are, that puts them in the conversation for the playoff. Does, um, absolutely. Their, their defense is good enough. Uh, Drake is starting to now become Drake because he's got a receiving core that is already starting to, you know, to get better. He's starting to get some chemistry with, you know, Nate McCollum coming in made everybody else better because it opened things up and uh, adding a a wide receiver one to that mix is going to make it even better. So, uh, you know, and when you look at the schedule, uh, beat Miami at home. And now you go into that Clemson game at Death Valley, uh, Okay, maybe the Duke game and then the Clemson game. Undefeated with a shot at uh, really doing something special. Yeah, Riley Leonard will be back by the time that uh, Carolina and Duke clash. Connor, uh, your thoughts on Tez? Yeah, what what I look at is the Carolina offense that is already pretty balanced, and I have to – there's no reason to think they're all of a sudden going to be pass happy because they have a new receiver thrown into the mix, right? So – you're still going to be able to hit teams with Amari and Hampton and British Brooks. Mm-hmm. Uh, the offensive line has been better than I thought it would be. I don't know what people around that program thought mm-hmm. it would be, but that was always kind of the weak link in my mind going into the season. So that's that's a dangerous offense. And uh, as long as the defense keeps playing at this level, yeah, I'm, that that's where I think – uh, this this team goes, and that's why the ceiling is pretty high. Yeah, they may not throw it fifty times. I mean, they they might throw it just thirty times, uh, but I bet they throw it ten of those times or more uh, at Tez Walker. I mean, I think he's going to have a monster game in his first game out. And I uh, look, I'm here for it. I hope he I hope he puts up seven hundred receiving yards. <laughs> uh, real real quick to the to the Attorney General writing a letter. Um, I don't know what impact the letter had because I don't I don't believe the NCAA reacted favorably to that letter to Josh Stein. However, uh, I do think that there were things in that letter that maybe if presented to an attorney it, uh, in Indianapolis, they went, he's got a point, and here's the point. If a first-time transfer is okay, What's the what's the basis for a second time transfer not being okay? Because legally speaking, that's easily challenged, I think. And that's where when the when they relaxed the rule when they said, "Hey, all first time transfers are good." They opened up the door for all of like there's no reason 
all of their reasoning is based on, well, academics, and they give you all these statistics, uh, or acclimating to a new environment and, you know, mental health. And I'm like, yep, you're going to lose that case, too. And, <laughs> like, I don't, so, but I don't know what the impetus was. But, Connor, couldn't the NCAA have simply said, regardless of what new information, new information was made available to them, couldn't they have simply said, uh, we have... We have read over the case and have decided that a four-game penalty is enough for Tez Walker, and he can play, and then grant Daryl Jackson his freedom to play, and then the NCAA could go, hey, we just did a nice. We did a good. Instead, they act like children in a sandbox throwing sand. Adam Gold here with my man, Coach Pete Deruta, Capital Financial Advisory Group. Are most of your clients hands-on or they just give you their money and let it work for them? About 90% give the money and then we meet every year and go through status reports, sure. have a financial pit stop, making sure everything's fine. It is like a puzzle, Adam, but for the next 10 of you, we'll solve your own retirement puzzle at no cost or obligation. Call and claim your comprehensive review with Coach Pete and the team, 888-843-0013, or text ADAM to 600-700. Adam Gold is a paid spokesman. Investment advisory services offered by Capital Financial Advisory Group, a North Carolina registered investment advisor. Yeah, and it's, I mean, isn't that what we've come to expect? The the logical answer is never the right answer. With <laughs> okay. And I know it, it's so painful because it's just such low-hanging fruit. It's it's on the ground, basically, but yeah, they, they they make it that way. Uh, they they continuously step on their own feet, and it, it's, it's always been this way. It seems like it's always going to be this way until there's a separation of at least this sport from the NCAA. Yeah, what's probably happening, and just wait until they declare Dartmouth basketball players <laughs> employees. Uh, all right, Brett Friedlander, the MJ Morris experience, the decision, it starts tomorrow at 2 o'clock on the CW, by the way. Um, your thoughts on the move and what difference it might make? Well, it's a move they had to make. And it's really kind of a no-lose situation for Dave Doran because uh, if it doesn't work out over the next three games, you can still uh, put Brennan Armstrong back in there to play out the string and, and still redshirt MJ Morris as long as he only plays four games. Uh, I don't know how much of a difference it's going to make because while Brennan Armstrong has not been good, I mean, he's been throwing the ball at receivers' feet. Mm -hmm. He's been you know bailing out much too soon without going through progressions. But... His offensive line can't block anybody. Right. His receivers don't get open, and when they do, a lot of times they don't catch the ball. And the only running game that they've had is Brennan running for his life. So, I, I, you know, Dylan McMahon coming back is going to help the offensive line situation because mm -hmm. it'll let Lydon Cooper move back over to guard. But, man, I, you know, MJ's going to give him a spark. He is. But I don't know how much of a spark he can give him and how much of an effect it's going to have. It'll be fun to watch because Marshall's got a good defense. Marshall's good. I mean, they're just yeah. good. They're not great, but they're good. Connor, let me throw this to, to you, and I'll use an analogy here. Sometimes the, the head coach in hockey pulls the goalie <laughs> when it wasn't the goalie's fault. Can something like this, you think, maybe just kind of trigger everybody to play better in red and white? Yeah, there's always a different energy with a different quarterback. As as much as these coaches want to say that the offense doesn't change no matter who's behind center and 
all the cliches that go along with it. Yeah, when when you're in a rut, uh, there's always something to be said for changing uh, what what's not working. Um, but I'm with Brett. I, I I do think that a quarterback switch in this position uh, is not going to solve the fact that your receivers can't get separation other than one freshman and your your line struggles and, mm-hmm. and everything else that's wrong. Yeah, you know, Adam, I think uh, what they should think about doing is going the uh, Pat Narduzzi, Phil Jerkovic way, uh, not moving Brennan Armstrong to tight end, but moving him to running back because he's probably the best running back they have. <laughs> uh, yeah, just, just run Wildcat. Right, just which is, yeah. I guess, kind of what they're doing now. They're just kind of running, uh, running wildcat. Um, Connor is is wait done. I don't know if they're so much <laughs> done. I just is it a Mitch look, Griffiths problem right now? No, no. It, it's it's not. It Mitch Griffiths is a problem. His play okay. is a problem. It's. It's a lot of the same stuff that we just talked about with State. It's an offensive line that struggled. It's a receiver core that doesn't get open very much, runs the wrong routes. It's a receiver – it's a running back room that can't pass block. Um, It's it's a systematic failure of an offense. And it's not like they're they're horrible across the board on that side of the ball. It's really just the breakdowns um, that crush them. And so – yeah, as, as much as Wake fans want the change to be that they become the fourth ACC team. Oh, frozen. All right. Uh, Brett, your thoughts on Wake before I ask a final question. And uh, we have uh, we have lost Connor for, uh, for the Uh-oh. time being. It's all right. He'll come back. Uh, sometimes we just do this to, on purpose. Uh, so uh, th- your thoughts on Wake Forest and where they are? Well, uh, it... If they don't turn the ball over four times against Georgia Tech, we're not having this conversation because they're 4-0. and So <laughs> I, I, I think that they've got issues, as Connor was saying. I mean, Mitch Griffiths is not Sam Hartman. His offensive line is not as good. And he's got really good receivers who aren't giving him a lot of help. But I think right now the biggest thing is, is self-inflicted problems. If they, can, if they can keep from turning the ball over, they're good enough to win games against, say, Syracuse and NC State and, and still get to six wins and be a bowl team. But, uh, yeah, this is, this is a bridge year for them, and, and you see that there are issues that they've got to deal with. And I think we've got Connor back. We do have Connor back, and I'm going to close this with one final question, and it's not even mine. It was asked of me on Elon Musk's website, but I found it interesting, so I'm going to ask it to both of you. I will start with you, Brett. Uh, And Brett Friedlander from Saturday Road ACC Columnist is here. More likely to happen, or what happens first? A Major League Baseball team from North Carolina plays in the World Series, or the Carolina Panthers win the Super Bowl? I would love to say the Major League Baseball team because I would love for North Carolina to get a team. You and I, but I think that's an incredible long shot. So I'm going to have to go with the Panthers, even though that's a pretty long shot as well. <laughs> Connor, your your turn to tackle this hard hitting question. For the sake of debate, I'll go with baseball. <laughs> uh, I will swerve, and I will note that uh, NFL owners can't be fired. Uh, unless there's something that I'm unaware of with that, and as well, long they as sort of can. Better. We fired Jerry Richardson. We Daniel fired Snyder. Daniel Snyder. 
That's, Rick, that's true. Sort of, but but the, strange things have to happen. They fired him with a $6 billion uh, uh, going away package. Um, right. See, here's the problem. The question was a trick question. The answer is neither. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm with both of you. I would love nothing more than Major League Baseball to be in North Carolina specifically. Uh, right here in, uh, in my backyard in Raleigh, North Carolina. That's Connor O'Neill. Connor O'Neill underscore D-I for either Deacons or Duke Illustrated. I think today it was Deacons Illustrated. Uh, shade on Duke. Uh, and Brett Friedlander, ACC columnist, Saturday Road. He didn't push, throw shade on Duke. I'm just giving him a hard time. Uh, <laughs> hey, thanks, fellas. I appreciate your time, man. We'll do it again. Thanks, guys. Did you know that your unused medications could end up in the wrong hands? It's important to keep your medication secure in a locked location, such as a locking box or locking cabinet. When it's time to dispose of them, safety and properly dispose of old, expired, or unused meds by using an at-home disposal product or a medication disposal box in your community. Don't miss out on medication take-back events happening near you. Don't let anyone take what's yours. Lock your meds. Be aware. Don't share. Learn more at lockyourmeds.org nc.